Welcome to another episode of Reptile Fight Club. I'm your co-host, Justin Julander. And, and I am your host, Justin Julander. <laughs> what is going on, Chuck? Not much. You can't be the co-host. Oh, I can. We're no, you we're can't. Co-host and co-host. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, now you're, you're always me, the host. You're making me like uh, Michael on The Office, and you're. Jim. I'm second fiddle. <laughs> I'm second fiddle. All right, we'll both be the host. How about that? You're the boss. <laughs> you're the All boss. Right. Well, man, well, it's been a minute, huh? A uh, long minute. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I I don't even know you anymore. It was, uh, it was you did a whole herb trip and. You conquered all rattlesnake, all things rattlesnake, and um, yeah, yeah. It was but, we herb together? That was a good time. Yeah, we did herb together. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I had a, a killer, a killer time for one uh, for one day. That was uh, that was fun, man. Jordan's yeah. Jordan's the shit, dude. Yeah, that was it, awesome. We got to herp with Jordan yeah. and his brother. Yeah. Was it? I want to say Steve. I'm so bad with names. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because yeah. I'm, I've, I, I need to like get embarrassed by like having to ask somebody their name, and then I'll never forget it. But I always forget it. Uh, yeah. If I yeah. if I don't. But yeah. uh, I think you're right. Um. And yeah. What a what a what a cool cool bunch of guys like or two guys. Uh. <laughs> you know just. I don't know. A lot of cool like experience they had and, yeah. you know, lo- knowing all those, you know, they, they grew up out here. So they know, you know, the Larry Black and the Lloyd Lemke and the, you know, they, they know the Barkers and just, just, they yeah. know all those people who, uh, you know, are, are almost like, uh, legends of lore in the carpet community. So it's yeah. kind of, it was just kind of cool, like talking to them and all the, all their experience and just, Man, they oh my know, gosh! They know, they know yeah. that they know that desert uh, quite well. Uh, yeah, it was, it was what really... an impressive just knowledge base. I yeah, mean, they, a thousand nights of herping that is just blows yeah. my mind. That's crazy. And so everything cool. we found was like completely sick. Like, was, yeah. wasn't it all just so nice? Was I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, over yeah, and over again. It was, it was great. So, yeah, it was what a what a treat. What a what a good time. What what a good chance to see you. And then, yeah, uh, you got to leave your your sad little lonely co-host behind and <laughs> and go have uh, have a game fun with the Podfather and and uh, and. Uh, the nipper and and the wolf and you know oh uh, yeah, all, yeah. All, all, all kinds of bobby pebbles uh, and bobby and, pebbles i mean dude like woof the new uh, npr intern dustin grand I yeah I, I i just uh i just heard that they had a new intern <laughs> i was listening to yeah. uh I was well. I was actually. I've. I've. I've been so busy with work, and uh, I, I was on the uh, the NPR chat and was seeing all this like stuff that was getting talked about from uh, Car- uh, Carpets and Coffee sixty two, mm, and I'm yeah. just like, what is happening? What? 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 <laughs> like, I'm. I'm not. You know, I, di- I didn't read through the whole thing, but I skimmed a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I have to listen to the episode and yeah, get, figure out what the heck is going on. So. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all caught up. Pretty crazy. It was it was fun. But yeah, yeah, that was a good time herping with you and Jordan and Steve and um kind of that's their stomping ground. So yeah. Yeah, they grew I mean they were out visiting. So 
yeah, Jordan doesn't live in California anymore, but he was out visiting his mom. And, uh, so they drove down, met us in Borrego Springs and we, uh, took off and did a, did a few uh, passes around the area, found some good stuff. So I don't know what were the highlights for you as far as the stuff we were finding. Oh, that spec was pretty nice. That was killer. I think it was like, I mean, red and just, yeah, yeah almost looked it like almost a Ruger. Looked, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it, and it, it was, was just, beautiful. it was so pretty and it was like, you know, it posed and mm-hmm. it just like the whole thing was, was cool. And it was fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to those guys there, you know, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the herper that Jordan is and I probably, you know, felt like I should have sat in the back seat. Uh, and just been quiet, but yeah, what, what, I mean, what a fun, you know, and, and, you know, me and, me and him, um, me and him have guns in common. So I I could at least talk that with him. Uh, yeah, that was a foreign language to me. I had no clue. Yeah. 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 No, it was good. I was like, Oh, finally something I, I don't sound like a moron about. Um, so uh, it was kind of funny. We, we had some gun discussion because Phil works at a gun shop and, yeah. and Nipper is into guns. And so they were having discussions and, and, you know, despite Nipper's, you know, uh, enthusiasm for weapons and things, he was pretty baffled at the, the gun love that goes on in the United States and all the yeah. issues surrounding that, that we've seen, but, you know, not to get political, but we kind of <laughs> jokingly solved the problem, you know, cause we were, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. We, oh, we were, I mean, you know, we, you know, we were discussing it back and forth and, and Eric's like, Hey guys, let's change the subject. Let's get off this. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. uh, we, we rolled up to some people that were, uh, they were going out birding or something. And, you know, I was like, I, I reversed the car kind of a long way. So it was like this long backup because it was all these people, <laughs> they were piling out of a car, you know, a van, like a bunch of students or something. And I thought, Oh, maybe they're going herping, you know, but as we, backed up to the to their van i'm like hey guys uh what you got going on what you doing they're like oh we're going owling so they're going to look for owls so i'm like you're like owling what is that (laughs) i'm like like, have fun we're we're not doing that see ya drove off but like nipper's like ah anybody in england would have just told you to f off or something i'm like that's why Americans like guns. And everybody went, whoa, the debate is settled. <laughs> it's not exactly. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But Well, that's what that's what uh, Arizonans would say is everyone's polite because everyone has a gun. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of fun. That was a fun, uh, you know, story. Yeah. But it was cool to watch you guys uh, get, you know talk about that stuff and get all enthused. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you just, I, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you, I, I get, I get both sides of it. Right. Because yeah. you see these horrible things that happen, but like, you know, I, people who have never been to the range with me or been around people who, you know, are responsible and, and were raised around guns and do it, you know, follow the rules. And, and, you know, I, I mean, it, yeah, it's not the same thing. Like, it, and yeah. so you're you're kind of like looking at at one thing and making a judgment about the whole thing, and then people who are into it are like, you don't understand. Yeah, it's like, like you don't any, get it. Any know? issue is nuanced. There's a lot of yeah. different angles. There's a lot of different considerations into into a bumper sticker slogan of yeah. bad, good. You know, is impossible. I mean, it, it, it's like it's like saying like ah, irresponsible retic breeders. Yep 
are what what reptile people are like right like no dude that's not that's not at all the case so but but unfortunately it seems that you know one bad apple spoils the bushel kind of thing you know and that absolutely and especially when reptiles and lots of especially when there's a narrative to be pushed and there's interest at heart you know people will cherry pick what that looks like and um you know it's it's unfortunate because just like reptile keepers rights, gun keepers rights, you know, um, we should all be w- working to understand each other and not tear each other's uh, right to, to have things. I mean, and, and, you know, that's on both sides for gun keepers and reptile keepers. Like we have to be reasonable. Like we yeah. shouldn't be opposing common sense legislation, but we also shouldn't be like all for stupid ass legislation. Yeah. You know what <laughs> well, I mean? That's the thing. It, it's like, it needs to make it, sense. We, it, I wish the reptile keepers had the lobbyists that the gun rights do because yeah. I mean, if a Cobra was killing somebody every other week, you know, they, they, yeah, they'd, ban, mean, they'd ban Cobras very quickly, but you know, yep. you've got us school shooting but the, every other week. But you know, the, the, the <laughs> amount of, yeah. of Cobra owners in America versus gun owners is that they're, you're, you're talking apples and oranges. Well, sure, um, sure. I'm just saying know, so, they have a very yes, strong lobby. No, point, point made. <laughs> and, the, and you know, I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a, it, it is. And, you know, I, oh, it's I, a hot topic. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But anyway, I'm glad you guys could bond over that. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. it was fun. And um, leave me out. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. Well, I'm you know, I, 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 I know where your sensibilities lie, so <laughs> I don't want to, uh, yeah. I don't want to tread on you too heavily. <laughs> don't tread on me, man. Don't That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, um, I, I uh, think, you know, that was, that was quite a trip and it started off, you know, started the, the other trip off on a good, uh, yeah. flip. you know, I found, we found uh, two rattlesnake species in California. So we saw the sidewinder and the speckled. Yeah. And then over in Arizona, we found an additional seven. So that made nine for me in, in about as many days. So we basically, yeah. saw, you know, a rattlesnake a day for those guys were there for seven or eight days. So, and then I, I drove, uh, drove both ways. I almost made it 10, but the, I saw three great basin rattlesnakes on the way home, but they'd all been hit by cars. So, gotcha. but, but I did get my life for a king snake out of it. So, and ca- oh. king snake in St. George. So nice. That was, uh, that was very exciting. I, I was really nice. happy about that. And it was, uh, kind of a, you know, crappy deal, but, um, it worked out okay. But I was driving through Arizona, getting to the top of Arizona and all of a sudden there was a giant wildfire like uh, oh yeah up in northern arizona so i had to reroute take an extra six hours to go over through las vegas and st george and it was uh made for a long drive but i that's I went, that's, that's a decent detour yeah and so i just kind of busted through st george where you know i kind of know the area so i took some roads mm-hmm. that i usually cruise but just kind of used them to drive through town or i guess i didn't really go through st george i was kind of on the outskirts you know on the uh out in the herping areas. And, and so I just took a pass through, you know, areas that I would usually maybe stop and, you know, road cruise or go hike around and look for stuff. But I was just like, I got to get home. I'm just going to make a pass through. And I I contacted Aspen and Chris and said, Hey, I'm driving through. How does, how do things look? And they're like, Oh, it's pretty hot and dry. Probably nothing going to be out. 
And I <laughs> like, you know, kind of famous last words thing. And there was like a, a full moon that night and stuff. And so I'm driving along and all of a sudden there's a gopher snake on the road and it was a big gopher snake. And I'd just been telling all the guys how calm the Utah, you know, the great gopher basin snakes are. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. thing was jumping at me and like hissing and like just kept repeatedly striking at me. Looked like a bull snake from Texas. Like he was yeah. you know, a little confused. Wanted to make you eat your, wanted to make exactly. you eat your words. Yeah. So once I picked him up and get out, got him off the road, but man, he was, he was uh, not having it that time. So got him off the road. Then I drove a little further. There was another gopher snake. I think I saw a total of eight gopher snakes. Um, a couple had been hit by cars, but I think there were at least five or six that were alive. So, I mean, it was a busy snake night. And then uh, shortly after, I saw the cow king, you know, after the, you know, two or three gopher snakes. And there was the cow king and then the, you know, handful of uh, Great Basin rattlesnakes. And then I uh, swung up a little further north and hit another canyon just to kind of take a look and see and saw a DOR, uh, Great Basin Rattlesnake. And it had a meal poking out of the side of it. Like this mouse was, you know, it got hit by a car, but it, it was out yeah. probably on the road to help digest its meal. But meal, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a natural history observation, but, you know, that was not the... Called the Last Supper. I'd rather see him in the act of eating or something, but that's the downside of road cruising, I suppose. But it was a a really cool trip. So even though it put me... I think I pulled in my driveway at like 5 a.m., and then I got up for work at 7, so it was like a rough, you know, got a You went to work? I went to work, man. Uh, what in the hell, dude? Yeah. There, do you have much flexibility at work? Like, if you say you got to be at work, you got to be I at work. I do. No, I I do have a lot of flexibility, but uh, I I had stuff that had to be done, kind of thing, you know. Or yeah, we we just got a new contract, and I was trying to get ready for that, and um, so it's it's been a little bit of a you know busy couple weeks after getting back from her trip that's never fun to come back full into it you know but there's always a lot of catch-up to do but what do you do gotta make those sacrifices i guess so captain insano shows no mercy (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah i I need i'm excited to get back okay so so seems like every herp trip a a name is a name is coined uh yeah uh, you know, something of, of, yeah, something of, of merit is earned upon mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the, the NPR radio network, uh, and, and its brethren and sisters, yeah. uh, was, was there a, was there anything coined on this trip? I haven't heard anything coined on this trip. Oh, no? So oh, no. stat sig, man, stat sig, you gotta, <laughs> Oh, okay. That's I did good. hear stat yeah, sig. Did hear I, I, what, what, what? <laughs> So, so we were talking about how, I think it was Nipper brought it up. He's like, you know, you guys all say stat or a hundred percent, hundred percent or something. And so like they were talking kind of how funny it was that everybody started using that across the network. And I'm like, I don't use that. Nothing's a hundred percent. I'm a scientist. I'm like, it's gotta be statistically significant. And so I'm like, uh, I'm going to uh, start saying stat sig. So yeah, the whole trip was like, they'd start to go a hundred percent. I mean, stat sig, stat sig. <laughs> yeah. It was, so that was pretty one good. The, one of that's the coin phrases from the trip. Yeah. No, that's pretty one. good. Yeah. So yeah, that's it was good. a, it was a good trip. So. Yeah, it's it's always fun to to herp with those guys. I I had a really good time. It was fun to have Nipper out, you know, have him, yeah. you know. I mean, he he'd been to the US before and he'd done a little, you know, kind of 
a little bit of herping, but not not a full herp trip to the U.S. So this yeah. was that first. And time. it sounds like you guys found enough rattlesnakes that he went home probably happiest oh, as a yeah. as a crumpet at a, at a tea party. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean his uh, level of enthusiasm, let's just say, is very reserved as a Brit. You know, he was like, "Oh, of course." You know, he'd have to we, tell we, you, "We would not." I am absolutely buzzing, mate. That was like yeah. the extent of the. I mean, that's like jumping up and down and hooting and yeah. hollering and stuff. So it was pretty fun to to see. We him would now. not expect him to <laughs> sacrifice his British demeanor uh, in an, in a show of cataclysmic American excitement. <laughs> We're like, come we on, man. Come, you, just let it out. You're in America. You yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah. No, mate. No, yeah. no, mate. No. I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> that was the yeah. That was the most excited. You know. Did you almost step on a rattlesnake? Yeah. Yeah. I got a got another close uh, call this time. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, what would a herp trip be if I didn't almost step on a rattlesnake? Now this probably was, uh, safer. I think the word maybe, is safer. Maybe, maybe, but then you wouldn't see it. You know, if you, so maybe I don't know. It it was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that close. I mean, it was a big atrox, so probably if yeah. I was too close, you probably could have yeah. would have tagged me, you know, so they're, they're yeah. not known for their calm to me. Although he did sit pretty still. I think, you know, that's the nice thing about probably because he knew he couldn't reach you. Yeah. But the nice yeah. thing about rattlesnakes is they rely first on their camouflage. Their butt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then cryptic crypsis first and then, you know, def- defense second. And then, you know, if you're not going to leave them alone at that point, then, then, they then they're going to offense. use the arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, he he was pretty well behaved. I got a cool picture of him coming out from under my hat from this hat I'm wearing right now. So that was kind of fun. Got the and it was a one of those nice pink ones from that Did area. Did you try to put a hat on him? I just put it over him to get him to coil up, you know, and hold still oh, for photos kind of thing. The old throw your hat over him trick, you know. Thought maybe well, you were like, you know, <laughs> trying to put a hat on him and I brought a little you know. cowboy hat and I put yeah, it on exactly. him. I put the little strap around his chin. Oh know. my gosh. He held so you're still. like Hog nose, we do Aatrox. <laughs> I wanted to impress Owen with my skills. Yeah. I don't know how much he loves that. It's fun. To that would that would be that would be that would be a second level of of boop and snoots, right? Oh, yeah. Like if you're yeah. doing it with hots, for sure. I did. Well, I'm not going to say that on the podcast, but yeah, I didn't boop a snoot. But good job. Maybe I booped something. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I think I feel like you uh, you might have booped uh, Keith McPeak snoot with uh, with your trail pick. That was pretty funny. What's that? Uh, that, that, that you guys did oh, like a, a like the, yeah. going up the yeah going up the side of the mountain. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Keith did the thing of like going over <laughs> the, the side, and you know, yeah. and then and yeah. then Phil posted the one that's like looking over the edge, and I called it McPeakin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the yeah that was the that was another f- phrase that was coined by you from. Uh, well, I wasn't there though. I don't think that, that counts. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't. I you don't. Get yeah. credit unless you were there. That's true. So that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, um, anything going on in the herpetological world? Uh, with me, herpeticultural world. Yeah, you got any anything <sighs> hatching? I, I, no. Um, we talked about your. We did. We talk about your coastals on here. 
I don't remember. I, I How so are we doing? You, you coastals of hatch, yeah, hundred percent hatch rate. I had yeah. I had one egg go bad early on. Uh, yeah, still got fifteen eggs. Eight eight point seven on sexing. Mm-hmm. Some some a nice range of of stuff in there. Some pretty red some stuff. Reds, so yeah. yeah, there's going to be some nice animals that come out of that. I would predict. I I tried to do a feeding um, a few days ago, and no, I mean, I I just tried to feed the females, and nobody was interested. So I was like, ah, I'll wait. I just let them shed and uh, try again, but. Um, yeah, I just tried to tried to do a, a, a live feed and and nobody was 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 going for it. So I'm I figured, uh, yeah, not not ready. So we'll get closer to shed and and try it on the other end of that. But um, yeah. yeah, so so that's been that's been cool. Um, it's been really hot here. So mm. um, and I just uh, just did my yearly rodent order so i finally got food back in the house to start feeding snakes so i don't really feed you know until about now i don't really start feeding again uh and i just kind of you know i have food for some of the smaller stuff but it gets all of it gets fed way less if at all you know yeah yeah. uh, until around this time and yeah just Mm -hmm. just uh boned up on an order so yeah it's good to get monitor food back in the house and, and plenty of rodents and Mm-hmm. Um. So, God, everything's just getting so expensive, though. Like, yeah, I, I was like, times like that makes me glad I'm breeding my own rodents. But I mean, the yeah. food, rodent food is not cheap either. It's yeah, going up in price. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, some of these, some. I mean, I like you know, I get them from Lane Labs, and man, mm-hmm. I, I oh, you they know, have a good product. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, great. It's you know they do a great job and um you know, it's, it's worth every penny, but boy, the, it's not, the penny's not getting any cheaper. Um, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, California gas prices. (laughs) Oh yeah. Crazy. Right. Did you fill up before you, you fill up in California? I I stretched it to Yuma as far as I could. Like we did fill up once before we set out herping, but I'm like, I'm not going to fill up in California again. I'm going to try to make it to Arizona where it was, you know, two or $3 cheaper. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Driving over to Yuma. It was yeah. A couple dollars cheaper. Yeah. After I left you guys, I went and slept in a parking lot of a gas station for like three hours um, nice. I, I did herp a bit after I left you, but there wasn't much going on like later on. So, yeah. Yeah. But, well, what do you do? It was yeah. nice to find that kind of actus. Um, yeah. yeah pretty cool. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I've, I had a, uh, some really nice firsts, uh, since we've, yeah. you know, been on here last, uh, I, I was on the herp trip and, you know, I was, my daughter called. So I'm like, ah, maybe I'll have her go check. Cause before I left, the blackheads hadn't hatched and they were way overdue. And I'm thinking, well, uh, there's another failure, you know, for this yeah. year. And so I'm like, just go see what's going on there. And she went out there and she's like, dad, there's two crawling around in there. I'm like, what? <laughs> so she, I'm like, send me photos, send me videos. So she's, you know, sent those to me. So yeah, two Western blackheads. Uh, I mean, it was pretty low percent hatch rate, but I was happy to hatch them out, you know, have, have anything come out of that. So that was better than none. Yeah. Yeah. Two's better than zero. So, Mm -hmm. um, I guess I can, 
say I'm, I've bred blackheads, but hopefully that's not the last time. And hopefully I've learned a few things that I can improve things. I don't know. It was, it was a little, uh, I, I opened eggs to see if they were, you know, see if the embryos were still alive inside. I opened the mm-hmm. worst looking eggs and then they'd be moving around. But then a couple of days later they die if, if the eggs were open. So I've just learned my lesson. Don't open blackhead eggs ever. <laughs> you yeah. know, the same I found with Woma eggs. I just, you know, I don't know what it is, but opening them up too early or early at all just doesn't work out well. So yeah. I think if I would have been home and I saw those two pip, I would have opened the other eggs after that. You know, I think it's probably safe mm-hmm. at that point, but anyway, and then, uh, uh, came out to the incubator the other day and there was a little, uh, baby knobtail, uh, uh, Southern banded knobtail and their first wheeler cool. eye. So I got my first wheeler eye. Uh, I've, I've hatched synctus before, but this was the first time I've hatched wheeler eye. I've got a few more eggs in there from, from the wheeler eye. So that was exciting. Uh, really <laughs> cute little things. They're just tiny little, you know, knobtails. And then, uh, I got some, what was it? Oh, I, I was sitting at work and I thought, oh, I'll check on my spiny tailed skinks. And so I have a little camera set up facing the, all the Egernia cages. And I mean, by all, I mean like three cages. So it's not like a huge <laughs> Egernia collection, but, and then, so I'm watching and I see this small little skink moving in the depressa cage. I'm like, holy crap, I have a baby depressa. And so it looked like it was going down the wood and into the water bowl. And I had a fairly good size water bowl in there. Um, and I had almost bought some Stokes eye from Joey Muggleston, you know, a few years back. And when I was driving down to pick up a pair, uh, one of them had drowned in the water bowl. So I'm like, Oh crap, Uh, you know, it's headed to the water. It's going to fall in and drown and I'm going to lose that baby. And so, I just, um, I just ran out of work and, and ran and drove home and, uh, to check on it, make sure it wasn't in the water bowl and it wasn't. So I replaced that water bowl with a smaller one and <laughs> so that it couldn't drown in. And, and, uh, so I have a baby, uh, depressa, little pygmy nice. spiny tail skink. So pretty exciting. So those, those, oh, where'd you go? <laughs> Uh, Chuck disappeared anyway. Uh, so three, three new species for me this year. So I'm pretty, pretty psyched about that. Um, otherwise, uh, hatched out a really cool jungle clutch. So this was from my striped line and, uh, male to a zebra. Now the striped line male doesn't have any zebra or sorry, any, uh, striping, so he was produced by a female that had really nice striping and I bred him to a, z- a zebra female and, you know, all the had a really nice uh, hatch rate and the, there's a few in there that are just crazy. This one zebra, it's like totally striped and just really cool pattern. It's like a, almost like a negative stripe. So it's got black going down its spine and then bordered by a thin zebra line, you know, kind of hairline. It looks really cool. So I'm going to hold on to that one for a little while, see how it develops. But, um, and then clutch of inlands or two clutches of inlands in the last couple of weeks of hatch. So one clutch I, I got out a few weeks ago and it was, I had kind of a lower hatch rate. I'm not sure what happened with it. And, and some of the animals that took a while, um, you know, uh, I I think I got a total of six out of that, out of like 15 eggs. So it was kind of a crappy hatch rate, but, uh, there was, 
um, a, the sex ratio is crazy. I got, uh, I think 5.1, uh, or sorry, 1.5. So five females, one male, and I need to hold back a male. I need more males. So I was like kind of bummed out. I'm like, Oh man. So then the second clutch hatched out hundred percent hatch rate, um, 15, 15, 16 babies. And, and it's like twice as many males as females. So kind of balances out. We've got a pretty even sex ratio from the two clutches. So that's nice. And uh, I'll be able to hold back a male or two. So, and they look great. I'm really excited to see them shed and see what they look like. But they're, uh, the first clutch has started shedding and they look pretty sweet. So, uh, it's tricky with carpets, of course, cause they don't, uh, hatch out the nicest looking, they kind of grow into their looks. So, um, just all that good stuff. So I'll have to wait and see how they develop, but I'm happy to hold on to them for a while to see, see how things go. So not a, not a bad couple weeks. Now it's like time to set everything up and get everything going. Um, the first clutch to hatch out, I believe was a clutch of Eastern Stimpsons. And so, um, I got those set up, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago after they'd all shed and, um, starting feeding trials with them with the, the fun begin with baby Antaresia. And then, uh, I'll work on getting all the, uh, carpet set up now. So the, the three clutches, and then, um, I've got two more, um, clutches of Antaresia that hatched out as well that I'm waiting on sheds on those, uh, the, uh, Western, uh, Stimson's pythons, wheat belt Stimson's, and they're looking really nice. The, there's a lot of that white background color. So I'm, I'm predicting these are going to be stellar. I've got a, another clutch from the wheat belts from my stripe pair. So I'm really hoping to see some, some nice stripes in that. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on over here. I guess it makes up for a lot of stuff taking the year off last year when we moved. So nice to see them rebounding and, and, uh, producing this year. So it's really, really fun. Um, don't think I'm going to get, uh, children's or spotted this year. So this will be the first time in a while that I don't, or pygmies. I'm not sure if my, I thought my, one of my female pygmies was completely gravid and ready to go. Um, but, uh, it doesn't look to be the case. So, and you're back. You missed all my discussion on all the stuff I got hatched out. So oh, man, have to, have to go back and listen to the podcast. I guess I'll have to re-listen. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I might've told you on the phone already, but yeah, yeah. I feel like I knew. But yeah, <laughs> I, I missed the collective we knew. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, that's uh, what's going on over at Australian Addiction Reptiles. Did you talk about uh, that? Did you get any of your jungles feeding or anything? Is that how's that going? Um, they just barely shed out. So I was just okay. waiting for them to shed for out. The but shed yeah, out, yeah, I need to start setting them up individually. I usually keep the clutch together until they all shed. So, yeah, and I can kind of see which ones I, you know, like better and maybe a little hint for the listener. We, uh, when I 
do my clutch numbering, I usually try to pick out the nicest ones first. So the lower numbers are usually <laughs> either my holdbacks or the nicest ones, in my opinion, in the clutch. And that's not to say I, you know, I have the best eye or anything. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say that's sometimes that's tough, man. Uh, yeah, but, but oh, yeah, I, I do, I do feel like you know if you've if you've seen a couple of nice jungle clutches, uh, uh, color up, you 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 can do pretty well, pretty pretty, yeah. you you know. I almost feel like a noob though. It's, it's been a little while since I've hatched out many carpets. Like I kind of yeah. took a break from the carpets and focused on the Antaresia, but so it's kind of weird to have jungle babies again. It's yeah. kind of exciting. Right? Like, it, yeah, it almost feels new. So I, uh, I kind of, I don't know what you're the like, huge you're like Madonna movie. right now. You're Madonna <laughs> with a new book coming out. <laughs> yeah. I guess I needed to refresh my memory on carpets. That was a, like a virgin reference in case you you didn't catch it yeah (laughs) i I do feel touched for the very first time there you go there you go thank you thank you (laughs) i know Um, it's been a while i've been i've been i feel like i've been away from the mic long enough that uh maybe i'm (laughs) i don't know maybe my references aren't hitting anymore i'm not sure i don't know uh Uh, you wonder if some of the younger generation knows. Who, I guess they probably know who. Madonna they know. Is, they have to know. They have to know. Yeah, I, I, although so. I don't know any of the new music. Like I, yeah, you I'm know, yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've <laughs> dated myself so many times where I just like <laughs> bust out a Caddyshack reference, and everyone like when I was in college, and you know, like uh-huh. I'm significantly older than the college kids, and. I bust out like a Caddyshack reference and they all looked at me like, what the fuck, dude? And I'm like, oh my God, no, no. <laughs> yeah, How no, can nobody, you not? Anybody? No, like, viewer, go, viewer. yeah, exactly. I'm like, are you kidding me? Go, go smoke some weed kids and go watch Caddyshack. Like you guys will die, but, but maybe <laughs> not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I feel, I feel yeah, like the yeah. references don't hit the same anymore. Humor like, has changed maybe a little. Yeah. Although I don't know. I what. There's, I, we uh, I, we've watched a few shows recently that have been pretty funny. I think uh, I, Melissa McCarthy always makes me laugh. She's hilarious, but she's in with her husband uh, in the show called God's Favorite Idiot. That one's pretty pretty funny, dude. You are uh, you are yeah. man. You are you are an apex consumer of multimedia. <laughs> I feel like no no no. You know how Eric is like. I always hear new new and interesting music when I ride with Justin. Like. That's, I mean, I feel like every time you're, you're always putting out stuff that I've never heard of, but it's actually pretty funny or whatever. So <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I feel, I don't know if Eric got anything new out of this trip. I think the last trip was too recent and I didn't really mess with my herping playlist. And so uh, it's probably just the same stuff, but I, yeah, I felt kind of bad, but it could have been, he was, you know, he's kind of, you know, section or cordoned off to the back and yeah. in the back seat and <laughs> It was. Uh, Did you quarantine kind of the Podfather in the back seat? The pod, we we put Podfather in the corner, so uh, nobody, nobody puts, puts Podfather, Podfather in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it, but it was. I don't know. I love herping with Eric. He's just yeah, really man. just fun. You know, he's always so upbeat and excited, and yeah, it was fun. Good yeah, stuff. The, Eric, the, I mean, it was just a good crew. You know, the genuineness and the excitement in Eric is always like just it's right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's my kind of people. I like that, you know, yeah. in the in the moment kind of people. So uh-huh. for sure. So, it was, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. 
Well, we ready to get into this? What What is this? This is another clip show. Wow. Clip show. Clip show. Who doesn't love a good clip show? But ah. just for fun, we're going to flip the coin. So. Oh. <laughs> Got to see if my luck's continuing on or if I used it all up in Arizona. This is a test of the emergency coin flip system. If this had been an actual coin flip, we would have done a real show <laughs> and not a clip show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I mean, both of us have been pretty swamped at work. We, no, we need to get something out. And so we yeah. thought, ah, it'll be fun to talk about some of the... And we're we're up past uh we're we're up past a year, so we've got to be going on like fifty five or so shows. So, um, you know, we tried to do a clip show every ten shows. So, we're past you know. fifty, and and Eric and Owen are almost to five hundred. <laughs> yeah, we're we're toddlers, and yeah, and they're uh, they're they're an order yeah. of magnitude. They're an order of magnitude <laughs> bigger than us. There you go, as you they go. should be. Yeah. Oh, my stupid dog. He's trying to chime in here. Somebody must be coming over or something. Okay. If you can't hear him, that's good. No, I can't. All right. You ready to call it, sir? Oh, gosh. You're rushing me. Uh, Wow. I forgot. Wait, that's heads. It is. You Ah. won it. You got the coin toss. All All right. right. Well, that means you get to talk about our first show. Or defer to me. So uh, episode 31, I guess as far as my reckoning goes, I kind of skipped the clip shows as episodes. So, you know, this is episode 31 by by that count. And this was the one on art that we did. We had Adeline Robinson on. So that was that was fun to talk to her and man, she's got some cool uh, artwork coming she's out. She's killing and, it, dude. Yeah, she's she is. killing it. Um, yep. And she's traveling all over and doing yeah. all sorts of shows. So it's been fun to kind of keep an eye on her in social media and see what she's up to and some of her latest artwork. But yeah, she just did a uh, William side the not too long ago mm, that I saw. Yeah. It was just like, just There's one that not, needs to hang in your. Her oh phone, my right? God. Well, I, w- I, I might've been tempted, but I'm like, no, no. You're broke. Don't do it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was fun to talk about art and kind of talk about. And I, you know, I, I think, um, I, I, there was another artist that I've seen recently that's, that does like kind of in the style of the old school, like old hurt book or like herpetological species descriptions or whatever, where they used to paint them, you know? And, yeah, and yeah. so it's kind of in that old school and it's like, uh, uh, there's one of a spider tail viper eating a bird or something. You know, he's like striking a bird and it shows a spider tail, but it's kind of like that old school look to it. Yeah. It's really cool. I, I can't remember the name. I, I need to look that up. I, um, but I should have done that beforehand, but we're going to focus on Adeline's art. Yes. I guess, but <laughs> yeah, yes. but it was, it was, I think there is a, a need for that. And there's some good well, um, outlets. It, I was on it, the con side of that, which kind of sucked. But, yeah. You know. And it's so funny. Like, I hadn't really, you know, when we were going to have her on, I, I mean, I was super excited to have her on just because I'm, I'm interested in art. I think art has a yeah. place in culture and in life and, and yeah, why not in reptiles? But it wasn't really until we had her on and that I really just kind of started interacting with her art and, and how she actually kind of, you know, shows her process and how she creates. And, and I got to see like her life. I really realized how amazing having a reptile focused artist in, in the community really is. Right. And, and, you know, you, you, you have the tell Hicks, um, you, you know, you, you see 
Um, you know, I, I think, and they remember when we went to super show, there was a, there was a guy selling, uh, our <laughs> wife cornered us and God yeah. damn, his wife was the salesman. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God. He wasn't going to let us leave there yeah. without it. And there was a couple pieces that were good, but the others were like, not as, yeah. not as, not yeah. as Adeline yeah. quality, but, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but it just, I, I guess, I guess that whole show and, and I guess like almost even moreover when we have guests that push me into places in the reptile community where maybe I never lifted that doormat before or didn't know it was there. I am so struck. And, and that was, this was definitely one of those episodes where I was just like, man, this is really awesome. This is really cool. And she's just getting it. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought, yeah. I thought a lot of it of her. I thought a lot of, I think a lot of her art and I, I, I just, you know, in, in, in trying times that we have in this community, it's good to see people taking their talents uh, and, and their passion for reptiles and going out there and getting it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's so, it's so exciting to see somebody make that passion, you know, into, mm-hmm. turn it into a making a living. That's great. Yeah. I mean, ah, that, that sounds like a pretty cool uh, life to, you know, travel yeah. to, herb shows and sell your artwork and get to go see the country and get, you know, it got me excited. Like I, I went out and bought an iPad and and an Apple pencil, like to try some of the digital art. Uh, it really inspired me. So yeah, that was a, that was really a fun show. I I really appreciated that. And I, I think being on the con side, I didn't get a kind of put in my two cents, but I think there's a lot of benefit of, you know, continuing to have art in science or in, you know, illustration and things like that. You can just do things that you can't do with the, with the camera. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of benefits mm-hmm. to having art, you know, yeah. in, in herpetology. Well, and I mean, art gives a, a portrayal of society and it's interesting, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it seems like a lot of her art focuses more on the animals and, and less on, you know, more, more social kind of social uh, commentary, like a lot of art tends to do. Well, I mean, I guess art is across the board, you know, you get all aspects of, of art, but, you know, like you had said, like, it is really, it is really cool that, you know, you, you, you see somebody who takes their talent and their love of, of reptiles and goes out there and, and makes a, you know, carves out a, 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 a you know, a living for themselves doing that. And, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's refreshing because it's, it's like, it's easy to watch somebody be like, Oh, they breed that. I'm going to go breed that. I, I'll do what they, and, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. And, and, you know, um, and she's not the only person doing reptile art, but she's definitely mm-hmm. the only person I've ever seen doing, doing it her way, you know, doing, yeah. you yeah. know, um, doing her kind of style and kind of, you know, the media she uses, uh, and, and, um, you know, just the documenting and, and kind of the, the social media aspect of it is, is cool. Really stepping it up. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was, yeah, I really enjoyed having her on and getting to know her a little bit. So yeah, thanks again to Adeline. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to the next show, uh, Cohabitation uh, with Philip Leitz. Uh, Phil! Oh, man, he's a he's a cool guy. That was a lot of fun to, Phil, to have him is on. Is that you, man? Him. Phil! 
Sorry, that was <laughs> my. Uh, that's yeah, Eddie Murphy that when he's in the strip club at uh, in Beverly Hills in Beverly Hills Cop One, yeah. <laughs> and they're they're gonna hold up the strip joint, and he pretends like he's drunk, and he's like, "Phil, is that you, man? Phil, what's wrong? You changed, man. You changed." <laughs> oh man. <laughs> If you, if you haven't watched it, go watch that. That's like that's one of my other favorite movies where Eddie Murphy just kills it in that movie. It's yeah. hilarious. So anyway, back to back to the real Phil, the, um, the Mister Leeds. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it, I I uh, I I think so. I kind of have a rule that I only look at Instagram like for you know natural. Uh, reptiles in a natural setting. So I don't really follow many herpetoculturalists, but I kind of made an exception for him. And so I follow him on and man, he, he just puts out some amazing animals, just beautiful, uh, Euromastics and, and other species, uh, uh, you know, kind of the desert lizards is his niche. And, and that was really fun. So uh, I think that was a good nipper. Uh-huh. It's no. his nipper. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. Yeah. God, man. I mean, you went herping with him. And you, yeah. <laughs> And then we, I had to tell him about that. I'm like, oh, I, I guess you're not a listener. He's like, oh, he no, doesn't I, I know about Nipper? No, what the hell? He know I know. It's like, come on, man. I kept waiting for something from him. But <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, it, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. But I, yeah, I explained the whole thing to him. So anyway, oh, good. yeah, those, those, uh, desert Mate. Nipper animals. <laughs> Mate. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Um, um Phil, yeah. you're right. Phil absolutely crushes it, and and yeah, God, those. I mean, the stuff he produces is insane looking. Like it's like I, know. I know. really need to take him up on that offer to go, yeah, see, you I, know, see I, stuff I, and I, go herping with him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That and and what a cool guy, you know, just very oh, yeah. grounded, very hardworking. You know, just has a just has just has that ethic of of. Uh, yeah. you know discipline and excellence and um Mm -hmm. you know very thoughtful guy and you know just just cool man i I, uh and has that upbeat you know excited nature and he's just like really excited to learn things Mm -hmm. and and share things like he doesn't just kind of you know keep it all to himself he's out there trying to help people figure things out yeah well and and, you know he, he he he's one of those guys doing you know doing euros really 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 high-end game and he's trying to help other people do that and it's like man that you know we we always talk about you know setting examples like that and yeah. and to see people who you know who walk you know it's easy to talk the path but it's it's not always easy to walk the path and he's clearly a guy who walks the path uh and 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 does it exceptionally well and and so much so that he's helped you know euros um be you know do better people have done better because of him uh in in a lot of ways i I talk like i know a lot about euros but just listening (laughs) to him talk um i I would definitely stand by that you know i think he he definitely has helped a lot of people and is is helping establish stuff that people weren't doing so well with before you know before he came along yeah, it seems like there's kind of few and far between that have really figured out your mastics, mm-hmm. and he seems to have have a really nice handle on them. I remember there was a local guy around here that was uh, trying to make a go with the Euromastics and just ran into all these different troubles and was having mm-hmm. trouble getting them established and having them thrive and live long. And well, so and, and, I always thought, oh man, they're difficult, but yeah, Phil's really 
nailed it. And I, and, I mean, and I, I, think, I think Phil's had his challenges, but he is one of those guys. He's disciplined. He's thoughtful. He, he mm-hmm. goes at his problems and, and he really takes, you know, those precautions and he works at scale. So it's, yeah. you know, he, he, he's really doing, you know, it's, it's really easy to do something at small I'm not going to say that. It's easier to do something difficult at a small scale, but to do something difficult at a larger scale is enormously more difficult. And unless you've done it, people don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he's definitely yeah. crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I really enjoy the. I mean, I've I've been a cohabber my whole herpetological career, it seems. And, you know, I, I really like the idea of keeping animals together, um, letting them kind of figure out their own cycles and rhythms and stuff. I mean, it does make for a challenge, you know, during feeding time when, (laughs) but, uh, you know, keeping them in larger enclosures definitely helps that and having multiple height areas and things like that can, can also improve the situation there. But, um, I, I've always been a proponent of, of co-having animals and, you know, pairing up animals. Now, you know, there are some risks in, in regards to disease. If you, if you're keeping stuff together all the time, then, if you have one sick animal, then now you have two sick animals for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, unless you have something that's uh, resistant. But anyway, yeah, it's, it, they can have its challenges as well. But for the most part, I really like the idea of, of housing animals together. And and I, I think it, it works pretty well. Like, I don't see my stuff breeding for days on end or anything. No. I mean, they just get the job done and, and it's productive and I may never see it or, or know about it. But, you know, I, I know about it when I see the eggs come. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm like a kid who got caught by his dad with the pot. I learned it from watching you, Justin. So, um, yeah, I, no, cohabbing. I, I definitely picked up cohabbing from you uh, and. I, I mean, I, it's been fantastic for me. And, and like you said, I, I don't see a lot of breeding behaviors. I just, I just watch for the signs of reproductive progress and that's what I see. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's a little, sometimes can be misleading, but I mean, you know, um, but you know, when, when the Tracy A went, I was, it was, it was pretty obvious when the coastals went, it was pretty obvious. And you mm-hmm. know, some, some animals don't fool you. Some animals do fool you a little yeah. bit, but it's a little, yeah. you know, that's the tough part. But, but I definitely, um, I definitely think the benefits far outweigh the risks. Uh, and especially because you can mitigate those risks. Um, and you know, I mean, Yes, our two our two animals in the same cage who smell food, uh, you know, kind of difficult to separate out. And, you know, I try to pull one animal out when I feed. And sometimes that's that's a you know, it's a wild bunch evolution because they're both all keyed up and um, they know they're getting fed and they're trying yeah. to chew on you. Um mm-hmm. Can be a little little sketchy, but uh, yeah, it's a little dicey at times. It's it's a it's a much better method, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy doing it that way. Now, I mean, if you have a commercial business where you've got to you know worry about which ones pair up for which years, mm-hmm. you may not want to leave stuff together all the time. And so, I see there's definitely reasons not to cohab and and to kind of mix things around. And it sounded like. Phil knew guys that cohabbed your mastics, but he keeps his all individually. Yeah. So, 
you know, it just depends on the keeper. It depends on your setup. It depends on the situation or what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, maybe a lot of people don't want to breed, so they're just keeping their animals separately. So, and, and I've, you know, separated stuff, so I wouldn't have to overproduce or produce stuff that's being produced, you know, too, by too many people already. So that's kind of, you know, and you can make and, choice. And I do, I do separate stuff when I've, you know, the Tracy, when, once I kind of figured out how they cycle and like figured them sure. out, it's like, all right, I don't need to have them together from, you know, these months to these months. Cause I'm just going to feed them. And, you know, I, I get like, I've seen it two years in a row and their reproductive cycle was like almost to the day the same. So it's like, yeah, I don't need yeah. to like, I don't need to mess with that. You know, I don't need to experiment with that anymore. I know what it is. And, and yeah. so then, you know, you can separate for your convenience and, and uh, you know, that, that, that's that, but, but, um, but definitely, you know, um, I, I, I am pro cohab, but, but I get, you know, I get why it doesn't make sense, especially in euros where they can be, they can be a little brutal on each other for sure. Yeah. They can beat each other up. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was a really good uh, discussion and it was fun to have Phil on. We had him on again later too. So yeah, know, I think he, he's got all sorts of ideas and I'm sure he'll be back for another episode. We maybe ought to reach out to him again, but yeah, he's really fun to discuss with and, and have those uh, fights with. So good times. Yep. Phil um, is Wang Chung. Yep, yep. He's a Wang Chungin tonight. There's yep. another old reference for you, for you youngins. <laughs> Chuck's old tonight. Of course, I, I, uh, I'm I'm old, dude. All I've got is is old references. <laughs> All right, next topic: uh, sketchy ethics. Ooh. This one was a kind of a difficult one to to do, but it seems like there's a lot of sketchy ethics in the in the reptile trade. And so you got to be aware of those and kind of keep an eye out for them and stuff. But you know, it is what it is, I guess. What do you think to add there? I think I can't remember if I was pro or con there, but uh, uh, I mean, obviously people use them and they must work to some extent. And it seems like people are going to buy animals from you, whether you're sketchy or not, if you have, the animals they want, you know, mm-hmm. if you have something rare or something hard to get. And I mean, we've seen this with certain, you know, importers that can import a species that nobody else seems to be getting. And so that people ha- almost are forced to deal with them because that's the only option for certain animal. And, and, and you know, and, you know I, I do, I, I do have to say like, um, and, and you know, I'm thinking out of a particular person, I got a pair of, uh, 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 mangrove monitors from and mm-hmm. my mangrove monitors came in they weren't bad um yeah you know they 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 started feeding like i took them to the vet their fecal was clear like it, it was not i mean did they come in a little rough yeah they're they're, they're you know they're wild caught animals they're wild-caught. like yeah they're yeah so it's like mm-hmm. so it's kind of like i think it's 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 kind of uh you kind of got to ex- know what you're getting into, right. A little bit like, but, but yeah, you that's, know, yeah. sometimes it's, 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 you know, when, when stuff comes in heavily parasitized or, or just on death's door, you know, mm-hmm. that's when it's kind of like, ah, what the, f-? you know, like, yeah. Why on, are you like sending that on? Yeah. 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 And, and, exactly. and, you know, I, I think, 
I think that's the hardest. That's the bad part of, of the sketchy business ethic is like, Hey, but, but you know, you, you, so like in, in America today, we don't think twice when corporations pass the, you know, um, you know, pass costs off to the consumer that that, that's almost like to be expected. But when, you know, an importer pass risk off right to the consumer. We're like, whoa, what the hell? Like, you know, so are they supposed to take a sick dying animal and keep it and knowing that it's going to die or do they give it to you? You know, and and like neither one of those is good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) neither one of those is good. Um, and, and, and I can tell you ethically what the right thing to do is for your customers that's yeah. not, you know, there's yeah. no, sh- there's no like, there's no like, oh, I don't know. It's a, it's a toss up there. Like, I, yeah. I mean, but, but at the well, same and, time, like, yeah. you know, do, we can't act so shocked when yeah. people pass the risk on to the consumer. Is it right? No, it's not right. I don't think, I don't think my power company should do it. I don't think, you know, my clothing manufacturer should do it. I don't think my reptile uh, importer should do it. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but they do, but they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's the trick is that whole industry you know the the import of of live animals that's already kind of like you said kind of a sketchy sketchy base ground you know mm-hmm. like you're already starting on a sketchy surface and so it's really difficult to choose though you know to be ethical and to you know care about your customers and stuff is probably very time consuming you're losing a lot of money doing that and so there's a lot of them are just like eh. I guess, I guess thinking about it though, on the other side of things like imported tree monitors and imported bolinai and imported, like imported scrub pythons, they're fetching big dollars now. Oh yeah. They, I are. Mean, they, they went from, you know, they, I, I paid 500 bucks for my trio of Tracy a, uh, not anymore. Like, yeah, you no. know, the, you know, probably at least 500 a piece or more, at least, yeah. at least, yeah. I mean, seven, yeah. 800, 900 probably wouldn't so even if, be. If they're, if they're going for those prices, uh, I, I don't know how, you know, they can justify passing on the risk at that point. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what I was driving at is yeah. at some level it becomes, <laughs> it, it becomes so obscene that it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. What are we doing here? Like yeah. if you're selling a bowl and I for 10 grand, that's wild. Co- oh, I'm sorry. Farm bread in big yeah. air quotes. Uh, <laughs> you know, is that even acceptable to, to, to have an animal that, that potentially croaks within, you know, a couple weeks of being received? Like, yeah, I get yeah. it. You, you know, it's live animals. Anything can happen, but come on, man. Like, you can't you know, pass that kind of risk on to no, dude, no, no. that in, not and, a ten and, grand animal and, that keels over and dies because then they're coming back to you. And I and, and saying, I and I will no give knife. credit to some of the of the bull and I, um, you know, resellers that I see or importers that I see is they're keeping the animal. They're they're you know they, establishing when they sell, it, yeah, they're it establishing it, and and, and when yeah. they sell it that you know or or they find a buyer for it, they send them a quality animal. Um, and 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 you know I don't like the way they price, but I have to give those people their just dues because they are you know yeah. they are they are you know 
they're doing yeah. a service in that sense of like, for sure, you know, protecting yep. their customer base uh, by, in, in that sense. And granted, those those prices are a little bit high, but really, I mean, I, I think we should kind of be pushing for that. You know, I don't think we should be having a disposable pet industry in no, any I, way. So, yeah. You know, we, I think good riddance to that sketchy practice. And I mean, it's still around, but with certain species, it seems to be going away. And, and as animals fetch higher prices, you need to import fewer and you need to take better care of them. You know, it's like... I, I don't know. I, I kind of think maybe that's, that's some, that's better in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as they're doing the better care associated with the higher price, but maybe that's not always the case. But, yeah. And yeah. I just, I do, I definitely feel like, you know, if you, it, it, you can look at importers and you, and they're an easy, Oh, that's, that's a sketchy practice that they do there. But really you know, it's it's that keeper who buys it, who who's well skilled and has the potential to establish that species. They need to do work. They need to 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 work at a high skill level. They need to do the hard work to establish that species, and then they need to fill leets it for everybody else, so that yeah. you know you can tie you can tie that sketchy shit off because now America's making captive bred tree monitors at a much higher rate. And they're making right. captive scrub pythons at a much better rate. Well, maybe, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you would hope that the imports would be a limited thing. You know, you'd only need them once in a while to bring in some new bloodlines to people who are well-versed in how to keep them and how to establish them. You know, Tracy, are a great example, and you've done yeah. really well, and, and, you know, you're on your way to, you know, keeping the U.S. market supplied with – captive bread you know in the u.s fingers crossed yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't well i mean you reset the clock a little bit there changing them up in their cages you know you got to stick with what works i guess if you (laughs) but you know they probably needed the year or two off anyway so why not yeah and uh, shane had a i don't know if you saw shane's oh yeah that's a bummer that sucks man i was like it was his mail right did you say he picked up another female, or what was that? Uh, Boy, I thought I knew, and now you just threw me in, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I I yeah. thought he lost his female, but maybe I completely. I mean, it seemed like know. he lost his male, and then uh, he had another female that came in, or something. So he, of, he, I don't know. I think that is correct. Um, that'd be good. I mean, if he got a new female, then he could breed it with one of his captive bred animals. Yeah. Know? I'm not sure you guys probably, you probably know. I, I, I imagine he held on to some. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. just sucks. Nah. Like that's not something yeah. I ever want to see, you know, like, it, you yeah. know, it was just, I think the, you know, the moral story is don't engage in sketchy practices, even if it's uh, successful in the short term or even in the long term, you know, yeah. don't engage in sketchy practices. Uh, let's do ourselves a favor and be good citizens and do good work, you know, and help each other out. All right. Next up, uh, venomous mentorship with the wolf. The Wheeler wolf. Phil. Phil Wolf, what a great guy. Uh, yeah, it's, man. It was a pleasure herping with him, man. He's he's just same kind of thing, just really upbeat, always, you know, 
excited about stuff, just a wealth of knowledge, but what a, what a cool guy. So that was fun to have him on. You know, he's really an expert in that, um, venomous area. And, um, I saw a video from him the other day on, I, I think it was on Facebook or whatever. I mean, by the way, he put out a really cool video of our trip, kind of a summary video of the trip showing the different landscapes and, and animals that we saw. So that was cool. It was, I think it was like seven crotalus in seven days or something like yeah. rattlesnakes in seven yeah. days, something yeah. like that. But what a, what a fun guy to herp with and what a pleasure to be around him. Um, but yeah, he, he knows the venomous really well. And I, the, the video that I saw that I was going to mention was him setting up some new, either babies or, or new imports or something, but he was like, you know, doing everything with a hook and keeping well away from the pointy end and, you know, setting them up and doing it like not doing things with his hands until it was in place, you know, and he's like, yeah. Venomous keeping, what a thrill, you know, it's like, just, yeah. if you do it right, it's pretty boring, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the idea, thing. right? Like, yeah, yeah. you, you, you don't, wanna... you do not want an exciting venomous career because those, exactly. those can be short, right? Yeah. They tend to end poorly. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Exactly. That, you can always call a venomous keeper of many years because they're usually missing a finger or two or, you know, they have missing digits or i mean yeah. if terry phillip can get bit anybody can get bit that's for dang sure yeah that man is a legend but yeah, yeah so um it was good to hear kind of phil's take on that and to understand that you know there are some guys out there who are kind of spreading the wrong information or, or not really the best mentors so when picking a mentor to learn about venomous keeping make sure you pick a good one you want to learn from el chapo not (laughs) el crapo sorry that was really bad that was was dad joke bad sorry it was a long day and i think you know there's not many many excuses for you know learning about people in your area or learning about different venomous keepers or or even interacting online you know with certain keepers and even if you are limited in your you know selection of who who can give you hours or who's willing to give you hours in your area you can always interact with others online and kind of discuss the things you're being taught and see if they have you know ways of doing it better so, yeah, and, and you, I, know, you know, keep I don't learning. Wanna, I, I don't want to like, uh, you know, but when, when we were talking to Phil, I felt like, you know, he in the examples that he mentioned where he was being taught and he was being taught in the wrong way. I felt like Phil knew that that what he was being taught wasn't probably the best way to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or, yeah. or, or, or maybe had some you kind of an inclination of like, man, this is kind of sketchy. This is, mm-hmm. this is, and I think that's, you know, that's an important part is, is, uh, applying that common sense and saying like, uh, yeah, no, maybe this person isn't the best venomous mentor for me. Uh, yeah. and, and if they're the only person around, Man, I don't know. You know, like yeah. that's a that's a rough spot to be in. And I, I guess, yeah. you know, I live in a big city. Uh, I probably have more people around me than I realize uh, who, who you know, probably have a rattlesnake or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I just uh, it's it's. It, well, it's just I guess when we talk about like all this this stuff going on and and going back to the NPR chat about um you know 
Florida and the venomous keeping stuff. And it's just like you, you're we're really in a time where we can't afford to be doing dumb stuff. You know? Definitely. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I really appreciate experts like Phil coming on the show to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, help us understand these things. Cause I, you know, I didn't, I we're idiots. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I kept a couple of rattlesnakes as a kid, but guaranteed I was for God's sakes, every herb way. trip, you almost step on one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't been bit knock on, you know, all the wood in the area, but, um, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, it's the more, the more you're around venomous stuff, the more likely it is. So, you know, mm-hmm. of course, keep yourself as far away from the pointy end and use all, all tools available and, you know, don't do stupid things. Mm-hmm. Now that said, I did, uh, tail that coral snake. I had a hook as well, but yeah, Nipper chewed me out, called me a dirty free handler. So he did. <laughs> you know, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was not happy. He's like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, Dude, I don't even think the thing could get its mouth around me, you know, and I had a hook and I would have, you know, dropped it if it would have swung at me or something. But, you know, you think you know what you're doing until you get bit. And then yeah, you realize, sure. no, I'm an idiot. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. So, well, that's why they always call it an accident because you, there you go. When, when, it, when you started out, you didn't intend for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it was it was good to hear Phil's take on that. And, you know, hopefully that was helpful to somebody that's in, you know, interested in keeping venomous. And I, you know, man, seeing those cool rattlesnake species, it's like, ah, I would love to keep some of those. They're just too, too cool, you know, too cool. But. Yeah, that's uh, something I'll have to do. No, especially after like being around that back, and then and then all the (laughs) serastes we found. I'm like, yeah, you know, you it's easy. It's easy to be like, this isn't a big deal. This isn't a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, you're okay. So I use a hook and I'm safe, and I, you know, I keep my distance. And like, there's just so much thinking that goes into it, and and you have to really like everything that you do has to be well thought out. And I, I, you know, yeah. I I recognize the fact that I'm probably not as well thought out as I, I, you know. um, Yeah. They were talking about that on Carpets and Coffee the last um, episode and, you know, that making that mental switch between venomous and non-venomous, you know, Mm -hmm. because non-venomous, who cares if you get bit? But, you know, one bite from a venomous could be turned turned south very easily. So you need to be, you know, have that mental switch mm-hmm. and even have like a dedicated day. Like I'm only working with venomous. I'm not distracting myself with this or that or the other. And everything's deliberate. Everything's well planned out and thought out and thought through. And, you know, that's, that can be a challenge, yeah. uh, especially yeah. in our hectic lives. And, <laughs> and it's just like, and- I don't remember. Uh, oh, what's his name? He's the, uh, is it Alan? He's, he he does a YouTube channel, but he's like the is he the venomous keeper? But he does um, he does he 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 keeps a lot of venomous, and his room's really crowded, and he brings um, stuff out, and so he's like jumping on the floor. It's really yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 like it's it's tough to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just kind of like oh my gosh, I'm so worried for this dude right now. And I mean that viper keeper, viper keeper. That's what it yeah. was. That's what yeah. it was. And yeah, I mean, you know. He's been doing it a while. I I, I don't keep venomous, sure. so I I'm not going to criticize him. But I watch the videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would not have that snake in that cluttered area. But I don't know, you know what I mean? Like I'm not. Well, that's the 
that's the problem with a lot of these YouTubers that have, you know, decades of experience behind their belt. So they make it look easy yeah. and make it look like, oh, this is no big deal. You know, and, yeah. and even if they put the warnings up like, oh, it's dangerous and stuff still by their actions and their their sketchy practices, they're sending the wrong message mm-hmm. and they can really lead somebody down the wrong path. Like, oh, I want to do that. I want to interact with my venomous snakes like that, you know, but then they get bit and then who's, you know, they're not taking any responsibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a warning that said, don't do what I'm doing because, you know, I know what I'm doing and you don't kind of thing at the first of my videos. But how often does that stop stupid behavior? And then, it, you know, can be a legislative issue. So it's just really... You know, I think on the on the MPR, MPR chat, they were talking about um, that uh, guy with the big gauged ears and all yeah. the tattoos who was just free handling his big Western Diamondback hybrid or Freaky. whatever. And just like, like a ball python, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what they say. You know, yeah. and, and people are sent like people who don't know reptiles are sending that video to reptile people saying, mm-hmm. what is 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 this? You know, is this, is this real? Is this, yeah. 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 Is this what you guys do? You know, is this what yeah. you do in your yeah. spare time? I, and I always get asked how many snakes that you keep are venomous. How yeah. many do you keep yeah. that are poisonous? You know, that kind of thing. And so, and I'm just like, none, I don't have any yeah. venomous snakes. And they're like, like really? I I'm like, why would I do that? Do. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have kids. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got, uh, you know. Yeah. There, there are some very cool. Venomous yeah, reptiles. That I would love to keep, but yeah, it's just the the risk versus reward is mm-hmm. is difficult to justify in some ways. And I don't know, have the I, money. I, I don't have the money if I get envenomated. That's for yeah. sure. And I have I have stuff get loose. Like just the other day, I was like, I went over to my uh, Hosmeri, my uh, Hosmer's uh, spiny tailed skink cage. And I'm like, oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen them out very much basking very you know, often lately. So I lift up the rock and there's one in there. So I lift up the other rock and I, there's just one in the cage. I'm like, there's nowhere else it could be. It's gone. Like, where did it go? And I, when did it go? When did it get out? You know, and I do remember like I left the, I didn't latch the cage correctly. Like the little spring lock didn't, mm-hmm. didn't click or didn't whatever. Click. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I came out there and the cage was open, but I thought I saw both of them in there. So I just yeah. closed the door and I'm like, uh, they don't try to get out. They're just going to hang out. That so thing, anyway, Jedi I mind tricked you, dude. Yeah. It was like, all of a sudden, I'm just in like the cage. yeah, all of a sudden I'm like, freaking out because i've got a loose you know hosmerizer on the loose in the room and so i'm looking everywhere and and then finally you know i push over my wheel cart and there's a shed skin right there and so i'm like okay she's gonna be somewhat close and i look and she's in the rack you know in one of the racks like behind a tub on the heat i'm like oh good (laughs) she's still still alive and so i got her back in the cage and so she's been back in there eating and, and doing her thing. But oh, that that's what I like there. about scrubs and carpets is you lose one. You just look, <laughs> you up, know just look, up, look up and they're yeah. up there somewhere. Like well, somewhere usually up there. stuff knocked off a yeah. shelf. Yeah. Like you can kind of like, they give or, you like a path that they know went when and they found a spot up high to hide. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. So yeah, that would make me a little nervous if I kept venomous because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I do stupid things like leave a cage open and yeah. don't don't think about it, you know. So yeah, be be mindful and be safe if you're gonna work with venomous and learn from somebody like Phil who knows what they're doing and Phil! takes all precautions. Thanks again, Mr. Wolf of Wheeler Eye. Yeah, we need to have him on again. 
Yeah, he's I'm he's, I'm he's got that. I know you I mean, got your fill of 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 Phil, <laughs> my, but I didn't my get my fill of Phil. Yeah, I've my fillet of Phil. I'm still hungry like the wolf. <laughs> oh man, you got you got some good ones, David. All right, another uh, uh, fun guest. Uh, show power feeding with Nick Mutton and Casey Cannon. <laughs> this was uh, a good episode. That was a fun one. Yeah. yeah. That, and again, I mean, yeah, Nick and uh, Nick is a wealth of information. Casey as well. Yeah, I really like Casey, Casey's hey, really hey, analytical Casey, and just Casey brought it on good. that episode. I, oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I, 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 I personally don't, I don't think that, you know, uh, you can argue with Casey's, uh, I mean, yeah, some of yeah. the points you brought up were yeah. very solid, and you yep. really couldn't refute them too easily. Yep. And I, and I actually got some feedback some from some of the listeners that were like, "Oh, that was a great episode," and I really, you know, I, I think uh, I was thinking, "Oh, you know, how can you defend power feeding?" Then all of a sudden, Casey did it, yep. <laughs> and you know, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's how you defend it." So, yep. yeah, Casey yep. kind of got the well, well and, and I think, and he did it against a guy who, you know. Yeah. By all by all of his own admissions, doesn't feed very much stuff at all. Yeah. Like he's a yeah. Mr. Keep yeah. it small, keep it. And you know, oh, that's, that's a strategy. Sure. And I mean, we you know, yeah. we've talked about we've talked about the golden spoon hypothesis, yeah. you know, uh, uh, probably ad nauseum on this show. So, mm-hmm. you know, um I mean, I think it was just a great a great debate of of that paper and and uh, that idea and um yeah you know it was it was some good stuff all around and i you know it's really uh i i like to i like to think things through you know think things uh you know, it's not always a simple yes or no. And no, so, you know, again, that's the beauty of this podcast is we can see things from different angles, consider things you may not have ever considered or thought about. And so it's really good to hear people say, yeah, I'm, I'm changing my view on this a little bit because mm-hmm. am I going to, you know, chain feed my, my snake so I can get it to breeder size in 16 months? No, but no. am I going to, you know, maybe feed a juvenile more than I'm feeding my adults? Sure. You know, yeah. or, or cycle feed or something because yeah i mean i think people i think people would be fairly shocked at how i feed my tracy eye when Mm -hmm. when i'm feeding them when i'm not Mm -hmm. feeding them people would be shocked at how i don't feed my tracy (laughs) when i don't feed them you know what i mean like yeah but but they get uh they definitely get a prolonged period of 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 you know metabolic rest where they're not being fed but they definitely sure. get a workout and they put that weight on and by the time you know these animals are ready for food the mom would be off the eggs my male looks very skinny and very hungry right now mm-hmm. yeah but he was huge rolling yeah. into this past season so you yeah. know yeah, that's that's the way it goes. So I, I really appreciated the the insights from those guys. And mm-hmm. again, it's hard to get you know better guests than those two. And no, they definitely. did a really good job with the topic. And um, Nick even let Casey have a word or two in there once in a while. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like sure. I might have had to be like. Casey, did you have anything to say on this? You know, maybe once yeah. or twice, maybe once. <laughs> maybe, or twice. yeah. You gotta, you gotta be a good uh, host, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Nick's new podcast with uh, Lucas. So that should be fun, and uh, curious to hear that. I heard them announce that on uh, Morelli Python's uh, 
a bit back. And so, yeah, looking forward to that. Should be good to hear. Um, and oh, speaking of Nick, we, we, uh, approved the blue line. So the book should be off to the printers now and we should have books with, you know, in the next month or two. So pretty exciting. Can't wait to have that thing in my hand. <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be good. All right. We on to the next one. Let's go. On to the, this I was is, just uh, thinking about when you're really going to get the book in my hands. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it'll it, it might take a little bit, but rest assured, you'll be hey, one of the first to get ones. Progress is progress. You're the co-host, right? Yeah, you're, the, man. you're on the podcast with I'll me. I'll give so. you top billing. I just need with my copy benefit, first. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. On to the next one. Uh, Reptile choices with the man, the myth, the legend, Ron St. Pierre. I still, I mean, I'm just still in awe of that guy. Yeah. All the, all the experiences he has, all the skill and herping and all the knowledge and just what a cool guy he is. I yep. mean, so many of the, the kind of the, that, that group of herpers that are, you know, been around for a while know their stuff. Not, they're not coming on podcasts and no. chatting with us. They're, no. they're off, you know, being hermits or, yeah. you know, hiding out from the world. And it's like Ron's out there in the, you know, forefront and talking to people. And, and he's said really nice things about our podcast. Just what a all around class. Awesome act. dude. Yeah. 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 He's it, definitely my, he's definitely my flex of dude. Uh, I, I, you know, just everything he says, I'm like, ah, we would totally hang out and have fun. Yeah. Um, there we go. We need to make a road trip. Yeah, I, dude, road. I'm telling you, like I, that was yeah. some no bullshit committal for me, man. And you know, yeah, how, yeah. you know how non-committal let's, let's I can make be it happen sometimes. in the spring or something. Yeah, we'll get something going for dude. the right time of year and go out and do some herping with Ron. That'd be fantastic. Dope. Record a show or two or two from the field. Yeah. <laughs> would be cool. Yeah. But yeah, that was, I, I really like this topic and, and uh, I remember having a conversation with Terry Phillip back in the day and hearing some of the stories, you know, working in a zoo and trying to figure out different species and getting, getting them, you know, established and, and reproducing and things. And just some of the things like they, they just wouldn't make good choices. You know, mm-hmm. they bask when they shouldn't be basking or, you know, they, uh, freeze to death because they didn't have, you know, so I think they have to understand their environment and, um, and, you know, like Ron said, you know, these, these, uh, keeping things outdoors is, can be very challenging yep. and, uh, they, they often will understand, you know, how to make good choices, but if they don't have the right tools, that makes it very difficult yep. for them. Well, and I, I think that's, you know, that was one of the things I got out of it is Ron really thought through, how, oh, yeah. how, how to make very straightforward but effective methods for helping them, you know, in the outside environment to be to have safe choices, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and his, his uh, screwed down deck, you know, yeah. what they can go under and, and kind of thermoregulate just from throwing bags of mulch on top yeah. so that it's yeah. like, yeah, that mulch goes in there, but I use it as an insulative layer, like yeah. just bagged up, like, ah, that makes total sense. That's a great uh-huh. idea, you know. Very, no, I, very no nonsense, you know, no, you know, not a no. I don't want to say no frills, but you know, it, it very, it's just very like, you know, si- simplistic yet highly effective. 
Yeah. And I mean, he's got some pretty cool innovations in those yeah, cages. For sure. I, really, I didn't mean uh, it's not, you know, but, but no, yeah, no, but, uh, um, I know what you meant. You know, he's um, using, you know, when he was talking about the roaches, uh, and, 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 and I love and, that story. Yeah. I mean, that's like he's, he's yeah. using, he's using, uh, science based nature, uh, yeah. to really, really screw down things that work really well. Yeah. Oak leaves in his yard, the sand, you know, yeah. from his yard, the the shade and the sun from his yard. You know, everything's yeah. just he's he's really thinking it through. And, and you know, like he said, he's learned from hard experience, too, where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't realize like, oh, this time of year, the sun's in the right place. But, you know, in a few months, that giant tree right there is going to shade it and make it yeah. very difficult yeah. for that animal to get, you know, the thermal regulation and things. So I think he, you know, he really did a good job of, of, you know, bringing that point across and, and, oh man, what a just wealth of knowledge and just, mm-hmm. uh, just a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> I really he's just, a, just he, talking with him, you know, he, 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 he his stories and his personality, yeah. he, he like can tell a great story, but get your gears turning at the same time. Yeah. And I just, I appreciate yeah. people with that level of like, man, you're personable. You're, you know, you're fun. Like you have great stories. Uh, and, and man, my head was spinning after I got yeah. talking to him. Yeah. It was just like, ah, I'm, I'm still spinning from his talk about the, you know, the dew point and, you know, all that kind of talk. That's just such cool observations and, you know, makes so much sense. And yeah, great things we need to incorporate into herpeticulture. And I, and I've been doing a lot of different things because of that, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure how much of a benefit because I don't have a control group where I'm not doing that or, you know, doing the things that how I used to do it. But so, you know, but just cool ideas and cool topics and i think yeah should should make a lot of great strides in in the reptile and herpeticulture in general mm-hmm. so definitely uh, what, a, what a what a legend man what yeah, a legend my man uh, yep we we need to have, have him back on again we've had him on since that show yeah. and we'll we'll hopefully have him on again if we can find a worthy topic for the yeah. king so yep um next was reptile stress and uh, I, I think this was a, an interesting topic for sure. And, you know, good stress versus bad stress versus, you know, do you, if you just have a couch potato animal that has no stress, is that any better than having an animal that's extremely stressed? You know, so we kind of talked in our limited uh, <laughs> knowledge on the topic. We, you know, it'd be good to revisit that one. And I think uh, it was uh, Bill Bradley was um, talking about uh, some ideas for mm-hmm. Um, for a guest or for a, a future show. So we need to take him up on that. And, you know, speaking of Bill, we ought to have him back on too. I know, so, right? I've, we've I had know. some really good guests on here. I mean, he's got his own podcast and, you know, I enjoy listening to his stuff. And so it's, uh, but yeah, it, it'd be fun to have him back on. But mm-hmm. yeah, reptile stress, you know, fun to talk about, but limited knowledge base. I yeah, think, for, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I think it's, you know, it it is kind of tough. And, you know, I think like, especially, you know, from my experience of Tracier and stuff, animals just falling over dead and you're kind of like, ah, what, what, what was that about? You know? And yeah, the thing we know about a lot of Somalia is that they stress easy. They're high strung, they stress easy. Mm -hmm. So people are taking it as a, as a stress issue. And I tend to think it probably has something to do with it. I I think there's probably multiple things going on there, but, you know, certainly, um, you know, 
stress can be bad, but I, man, it's hard for me. I, I think stress, uh, has a place. I think, uh, you know, I think resource stress can, can cue animals to do lots of things. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that all stress is bad stress. I, I think yeah. we see yeah. stress in our lives and, you know, and, and maybe the, the, the stress we see in our lives is maybe anthropomorphizing a little bit mm-hmm. for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I think, you know, if, if, if you can see how stress affects humans and, and, and you can say like, okay, stress doesn't always affect me in a negative way. Mm-hmm. What, why, you know, like why couldn't that be true for reptiles? Right. So sure. to me, like maybe not anthropomorphizing, but just saying like, that's potentially, you know, a good premise yeah. that, that not well, all stress I, is bad stress. I guarantee that males battling each other for females is a very stressful event. Definitely. You know, it takes a lot Definitely. out of them. But a lot of a lot of species still do that and it and it plays a very important role. So yeah. yeah. And and I think it was a good kind of primer to think about it and to, you know, kind of dip your toes in the water. Even though we didn't have maybe a scientific background in that regard, we do have some practical experience with that. So, you know, it's a good start. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can maybe flesh that topic out some more. And and I think this show is is designed to do that to revisit some of these topics and and kind of see it from a different angle or get some different input or hear from an an expert in the area so you know definitely something we could uh, revisit in a few well and i i mean i think if we just had somebody who could talk about the the hormonal effects of stress on reptiles yeah i mean i've got it we really would be uh, a lot further along than us two dumbasses yeah. just talking about stress and reptiles. <laughs> then how do we debate? And that's the question. But yeah, yeah there, um, there's a professor. We don't. We we lose. We lose with grace yeah. and humility, like we do there so well when people know what they're talking about. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, something we can. Uh, visit but there is a, a professor at our university that's she uh specializes in kind of uh, she's done some studies on reptilian stress and nice and, uh, i like this you know, already disease and things like that so yeah immune system function hit her up dude, dude. what yeah, are you I doing to, what are i know doing? i haven't I haven't seen her for a couple of years with the pandemic and stuff yeah, so and yeah. you know I, I i'm not i've been on a couple of committees with her and you know have and see her in meetings or hear speak here and there, but I haven't really, I don't really have that close of a relationship or she's probably in Ecuador and the Galapagos studying, you know, lizards there or something or Grand Cayman or something looking at the uh, Island iguanas or something. But anyway, yeah, I'll have to get her on down the road if yeah. she'll be yeah. willing to come on. All right. Next was taxonomy with uh, Phil and Casey. This was kind of a fun, like, more of a funny uh, background on that one, but yeah, Phil Wolf and Casey Cannon came back on. They hadn't been on. I mean, we talked about them a couple minutes ago, and they're, yeah. they're back on already. So I guess they were having a, a late night discussion on taxonomy, and you know, uh, Casey th- thought it was pretty BS, and Phil was all you know defending it, and so they're like, "Hey, why don't we go on Reptile Fight Club?" So we got them on like I think that same day or same you know. Yeah, that was one of the easiest bookings I think we'd had for two guests. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like right on the heels yeah. of like, they "Hey were, guys, we had this idea." Yeah, like, they were, they, okay, they, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we do have some no nonsense guests, and those two are definitely no nonsense yeah. guests. So, and it was it was a fun show, and it you was know, a fun I mean, show. Taxonomy definitely has a place, but it's got its failings too. So. Hey, man! Hey, there it is. Rumors, yeah. chill, dude. Chill, dude. <laughs> oh, 
she's so wound up right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is fun to talk about taxonomy, even though none of us are really experts in the area. So, um, I, I, I still, yeah, I still have my, my issues with some of these, uh, some of the papers and things or information that's put out there. But, uh, what do you do? I mean, I guess we can, uh, debate it or, or, you know, rag on some of the things we don't like, but, uh, you know, it is what it is and it's been that way. And I, I don't see it changing too much, but I will say that, you know, if you, you don't have to agree with a published paper, you can disagree with it. That's the beauty of science. There's nothing set in stone. Just because somebody publishes a paper doesn't mean you have to adopt that or you have to say, this is, you know, how it is. I mean, and that's the, the big difficulty in herpetological uh, publications is that there's not a lot of funding. So usually it's just one paper, kind of one and done. And unless somebody feels really strongly against something that's been published, it's just going to go, you know, it's just going to be the new, uh, the new thing. So anyway, that was uh, what Justin is saying. Translated is the children's paper is crap. (laughs) And I don't know that it's all crap, but I don't agree that, uh, all of Stimson eye should be sunk into children eye. But well, anyway. and, and and you know that whole thing was very interesting with people who you know maybe or I don't want to say do, but but probably should recognize the problems with that paper. Who seem to just kind of you know uh, recognize the paper as semi valid, even if they don't yeah. maybe fully agree. And 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 what yeah. does that mean? You know how how does that shake out? It. it it is kind of interesting and taxonomy is kind of a, you know, a, a funny yeah. nut. It's a, it's a strange animal for sure. And yeah. yeah, I mean, what can you do? And I, I guess, you know, herpetoculturalists have really had a long history of kind of ignoring some of that. And we still call chondros chondros, even though they're Morelia viridis and not chondropython viridis or azuria yeah so, but but, you, but know. you know if we if we stuck to the taxonomical nomenclature would taxonomists take herpetoculturalists more seriously anyway no not really so yeah. just call it a chondropython because that's what you you know yeah you know what i yeah. mean like there's well, and, and you know, it, it, it all boils down to communication. If you know what each other is talking about. And I mean, if you're out there using scientific lang, you know, uh, nomenclature and nobody knows what species you're talking about, like sometimes when people get into, you know, arachnids or something, they'll use scientific names and I have no clue what they're talking about. You know, Justin's like, know. whoa, 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 you dial <laughs> yeah. that mumbo jumbo back. <laughs> Come on, Jive Turkey. Um, so yeah, it was, it's it's it can be a, a challenging topic, but you know, I thought it was a fun debate between Phil and Casey, and, yeah, and had, had a definitely. good time with those guys on again. So, and yeah, they're they're uh, they're they they do come come up with some really cool ideas. I I enjoy listening to you know Snakes and Stogies or or uh, some of the other shows that that are on the other network the network that shall not be named. But uh, you know, we we uh, enjoy the the collaboration with the, that group as well. So yeah, I, I really Did you enjoy say the, the, cl- the collaboration, the collaboration, the collaboration, the collaboration. Um, I I want to have uh, Justin Smith on again. I really like his yeah. ideas, and he's he's he has a fun way of thinking about things too. He did take uh take uh 
some, I, I wouldn't say offense, but he was, he was debating the use of Schmitty tears <laughs> scales. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's like, I finished the hike and, yeah. and it wasn't about finishing the hike. Justin. No, it, no, was, no. Listen. it was about complaining about the hike Listen. while you were on the hike. You no, just, you no. Do it or don't do it, but don't whine about it. No way. naval aviator <laughs> ever gave himself his own call sign. You get named <laughs> your call sign, and it's usually because of something you fucking did, right? And guess what? Everyone's calling you by your call sign, whether you like it or not. So <laughs> that was, I, I still enjoy that. And and Nipper Niche had a very long. <laughs> no, no, you got to use it in context. <laughs> you just can't call Nipper Niche when you're talking about Nipper. You got to be talking about niches to call it Nipper. <laughs> and, and he he had a whole like ranking like one through five of the amount of Schmitty tears based on you know like millennials on a hike or so. It was pretty oh funny. I'm sure now I just want to call him the artist, artist formerly known as 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 Niche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up on the list was breeding for localities. I, uh, I think this is a this is a fun topic. Yeah, I, I like it, and it's it's kind of a an ever raging debate among carpet python fans. You know, like you know, at, I've I really feel like I've settled and, down with this, and uh, I think you can take your locality and shove it right in your butt like i i I don't i don't i mean you know dirty morph maker well no it's it's not about being a morph maker now now stop it now stop it that's you know i like my western blackheads i'm not bringing them to those sure well oh my gosh this thing see he agrees he's like don't do it don't bring a western to an eastern no, I, I mean, I, I get, I get it. It's all hey, snakes man. in boxes. Ew. It's all, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's Sorry. all snakes in boxes. So it's it, it has no bearing on anything really. And, and some people are going to breed well, localities and some uh, people aren't going to care. Yo, know? Yakapuri Depot is a road. It's not a place. It's a road. Yeah. yeah. So how long is that road? I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. I still couldn't find it. I they said it was kind of outside of Brisbane, but then I'd have to go. I'd have to go back because I was given I was given our Iper a bit of a a a poking, you know, where (laughs) where it was like between two 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 towns, and so I took like half of each town and merged it into one word and said we should call it this, you know, and and he didn't like that at all. Uh, And I'm just like, well, it's all. I mean, it's like. So it's 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 a locality based on a road. Like, what? Hey, you got all sorts of localities like that. I mean, yeah, great, but localities are all roads, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, I or, get that. Or mountain ranges, or you know, or road intersections, or you know, and things like that. And, so, and yeah. I guess I guess coming from a guy who's like carpets travel long distances, is that how valid is that? Yeah, and I mean, do they just travel they along travel? that road? Yeah. Do we have any indication on that? You know, I I don't know if I found something within you know twenty miles on the same road, I'd probably uh, think eh, they, they might have met up. You know, are you I saying that Mister Iper's <laughs> assertion is bollocks? <laughs> Sorry, I, I just never, actually, I just never. wanted to use that word. I didn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. really mean no, that. No, I just no, good, good use of the word. Thank you. It's like in your uh, 
Fight Club Bingo, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chuck yeah, yeah. saying bollocks. I mean, that, that'd be a difficult square to fill on most episodes. But word, this one you got it. You got it. No, yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think uh, I like localities. I like trying to keep things as you know locality specific as possible. But I understand there are difficulties with that, and there's and you know people try to make certain things probably more than they they need to be, but I don't know, uh, you know, in, in cases where all of a sudden you're splitting species, if you're breeding like a, a Jayapura green tree with a, with the, um, Aru green tree, all of a sudden you've got a hybrid once they separate the species, you know, so uh, locality at least keeps you within the same species for the most part. The Jaipu. Yeah. The Jaipu or the, what do they call the B B Arubiax? Yeah, the Arubiax. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good those, one. Uh, those hybrids are Arubiax or hybrids. So, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. They're snakes in boxes. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I, just, I just I do think that locality has a place in in naming something. You you sure. you, you know. You, when you say Brisbane coastal to Americans, we know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we yeah. understand what that is. And so when you say, oh, this is, this is the, you know, even if you didn't keep that coastal bred to quote unquote Brisbane locality lines, you forever understand what the Brisbane locale is until we find another, you know, locality Brisbane brought in, you know, and then, yeah. and then you're kind of like, Oh wait, what, wait, there's two lines of locality Brisbane's. Yeah. Oh, I don't get that. Right. Like, so, so for us, when it's nice and simple, right. Yeah. It, it's a name That's- that helps identify something that we recognize, but yeah. in, in, in the way that it's like, Oh, this is, you know, like, well, it's, yeah, the, 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 when we simplify it and say, this is what it looks like, uh, for example, the gelatin jungles, like, yeah. you know, they're those really cool kind of gray and black or white and black examples, which they're people, like, that's what people think of yeah, that's when what they think see of when you because say that's gelatin. what you've seen. Yeah. But, but when and you go the there, the gene pool that's available yeah. in the U S or yeah. Europe or yeah. whatever, but yeah, if you go there, if that's you go 10% at, of the population. Yeah, exactly. And black and the rest yeah. look, you know, and, and we've actually like got a cool uh, panel in the book, a figure that's got six different, you know, little pictures of gelatin locality jungles that yeah. are all different looks to them and all, you know, and I think when the book comes out, it will do a lot of justice to reinforce kind of what I'm saying here, yeah, you know, yeah. is that locality has its place, but don't get it messed up with, you know, subspecies appearance or, 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 or don't make broad generalizations about it because there's stuff that, you know, crosses subspecies that you wouldn't guess is the subspecies it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they look so crazy. Um, Yeah. Well, Brisbane, Brisbane coastals are probably a fantastic example that you have a huge range. And, And I would say in that chapter in the book, most of the individuals that we have photographs in the wild of are from around the 
greater Brisbane area. You know, yeah. they, they're concentrated in that region because so many people live there. So many people interact with them, see them in their yard, see them in their, you know, down the road from their house on the street or whatever, pull them off the road, get a picture in a tree. There's a picture for the book, you know, so there's a huge variety in look to those. So when you think of Brisbane coastals, I mean, there's no one look that's a Brisbane coastal. They, yeah. they range, you know, from a hypo looking thing to, yeah, you know, car- black individuals. to reds to, yeah. to the oh, silver, yeah. to the, the, to the silver kind of yeah. peppery looking coastals. Like, I mean, yeah. they have, and that's the, that's the, that's like, that's the, that's the icing on the cake for me, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it, it, and I, I, and that's what going get, over to Australia does for you. Is yeah. You, you get over there and you see, oh, I'm finding something that doesn't fit my idea yeah. of what it should look like. You know, yeah. the the Mount Glorious uh, coastal carpet that I found looked almost like a jungle, you know, it was yeah. black and yellow and banded and just looked really jungly. But it was not a jungle and it was yeah. from near Brisbane, you know, as kind of that area. So, but but, you know, when yeah. you when you uh, when you are heard that, you know jungles are rainforests carpets yeah. you know you're like oh well then i guess when i see it like that that makes sense right so you, you know yep. when you see it over there and you see it in context and in gene yeah. flow around other stuff you're like oh okay i get that yeah now now and when you're 20 miles up in and you're in a kind of more of a grassland area with with you know sparse trees and, and all of a sudden they look like a typical coastal you're like Okay, so it is yeah. an adapt- adaptation yeah. to a jungle or a forest or a grassland or whatever, you know. So yeah, it's yeah. It, you yeah, can it's see that you can see it and sit you. Yeah. It makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, I think in herpeticulture we get we have such limited gene pools and we have such limited variety that we think this is how it has to look, or else it's not that. You know, yeah, we can exactly. say, oh, and and I th- I saw something recently. Somebody posted a picture of a green a wild green tree python from the iron range and typically they have that vertebral you know stripe of the individual you know white scales this one had very little if any at all and they're oh that can't be uh, you know iron i'm taking a picture of it in the iron range range, you know that kind of thing so oh wow look at you know there's no white stripe so yeah there's there is variability and 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 so yeah, I think that's the downside of breeding for localities is we get that idea is this mm-hmm. is the look. And this it it perpetuates – it definitely perpetuates yep. a, a mindset. And, and and it's no problem for Aussies, right? Because, yeah. one, they're like, yeah, okay, no. locality. Uh, I mean but, they can't just go out and catch something. And, well, I, I get mean, that. But, can, but, but they, they, yeah. they can also go out and herp and see like – oh yeah. Mate, these Americans yeah, yeah. don't understand what they're talking about. They don't see the, the, the variation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They yeah, see they, it. Yeah, we they don't. definitely see the variability. Yeah. And yeah, we we look at our captive populations as like an example, and it's not. Yeah. It's not. Exactly. It's not a. And true I think they look at us and kind of laugh and say, "These guys don't know what they're talking yeah. about." Yeah, you know. And I get that. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's. Uh, not, I, I don't. I don't yeah. always want to say it's a fair assessment, but but. The, they're, you know, their, their yeah. point is taken. And, and I mean, we, of course we're focusing on carpets cause we like carpets and there's a carpet book coming out, but that was one of the cool uh, advancements on the book is that we took the range maps and, and took all the pictures in the, in the species, you know, just species, natural history chapters or whatever you want to call them. And 
for each of the figures, there's a corresponding number on the map to show where that individual was found. And so, you know, you kind of see the diversity across their, their distribution. Now, some are more concentrated than others. And we have a lot of individuals like of diamond pythons from near Sydney, but we have very few further, you know, down South in their range. Cause there's just less people down there and not as many people taking pictures of diamond pythons apparently, but you know, that kind of, I really like the idea of, uh, the, you know, the range maps and seeing where things come from and kind of what looks are in, in the population. So Good, good topic. It's always mm-hmm. gets our, it, it always gets our ire up on, on the discussion. So always. that was a fun, fun discussion. <laughs> and then the final topic for tonight is uh, mental health. And I think this was a, you know, a needed discussion. You know, people need to be aware of their mental health and keep that in mind when, especially when you're keeping something else that's alive, you've got to be aware of your own mental health, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to take care of another animal very well either. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it's a real thing and it's just like any other medical condition. If you're having those issues, then get it checked out, you know, get professional help. There's no shame. And I think that's a nice thing about uh, current times is that stigma and shame of, of depression or, you know, anxiety is, is going away. Now maybe the pendulum swinging a little bit the other way and people are saying, Oh, I can't do that because I have anxiety or depression and they're using it more as a, an excuse or a crutch, but you know, be aware of your own mental health, especially if there's another animal on the line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and, I mean, if you yeah, need it. bottom line is everybody experiences a, some sort of a mental crisis in their life. Uh, I don't think any human gets away from uh, life unscathed from, from mental illness uh, of some form or another. Uh, so, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's not a question of if, it's when. And, and uh, if you own, you know, just like if, if you own dogs or cats or, I mean, you, you know, you have an obligation to the animals that are under your care. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, plan in good times for what you're going to do in bad times. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, you know, obviously, obviously people fall apart and, you know, there's an adage about best laid plans, but, um, you know, c- kind of, you know, make sure you're doing, trying to do your best. Um, yeah. It's and sometimes, you know, the, our, our, uh, the animals that we enjoy, um, can help us through those times, you know, For you sure. can kind of throw yourself into it and focus on your animals when you may not be in the best spot. And, and that kind of helps you get back into it because you're, you know, you, you get some joy and enjoyment out of, out of the reptiles, mm-hmm. not to say that external things can necessarily help all, you know, these, uh, uh, mental health issues, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, keeping animals and interacting with nature and going out. Herping, herping, Yo! She's telling us to wrap it up. Dude. <laughs> We're, we're going, this is, I think might be one of our longest shows We're we're going on a, a minute 50 here. So, uh, hopefully we still have some of you out there listening, but, uh, you know, we, we, uh, definitely appreciate all our guests and, and have had a blast doing these shows and, and hopefully you've gotten something out of the discussions we're having. If you have any new insights or see something from a different angle, hit us up and we'll get you on the show. We, 
we're in, you know, trying to round up some people to come on the show and, and give us some more content. So let us know if you're interested, reach out to Chuck or myself and, and we'll try to schedule you in and get you, get you on. Uh, if you've got a good topic, you got to bring the goods. No, none of this weak sauce in here. That's right. <laughs> we don't do weak sauce. Well, we do right, do weak. Friend. We do weak sauce once in a while. It's it's good weak sauce yeah. though. It's like it's like the sauce they put on the In and Out Burger. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's like American salsa. You know. Yeah. It's like they say, do you want extra hot? And you say, sure. And then you get it. You're like, this is not extra hot. This is not this extra is hot. A, this is American extra hot. Yeah. This is not, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, my friend, thank you for uh, being here and doing this. I know you've had a rough work week, and it's been and pretty brutal. Yeah, things will settle down a little bit, but yeah, we'll we'll get back together soon and get another. Uh, help, hopefully, you'll be able to catch us again next week for another Reptile Fight Club. But thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again later. Until then, it's the Crumpets niche, the Crumpets. Fight Club. <laughs>